0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, welcome to Walk with God. My name is Brenda McCord. Walt and I enjoy spending this time with you in God's Word each week. You know, there are people listening in 21 countries now, and it's our prayer that you are encouraged in your personal walk with God as we share these lessons from the Bible. Well, you know, we both grew up in Northern Pennsylvania. Yes, probably, we did. We've told you that before. Well, my mom's family is from Lancaster County in Central Southern Pennsylvania. And there was one very important household chore that included going through the entire house, thoroughly cleaning the whole house, and it's called spring cleaning. Well, my mom would tackle one room at a time each spring for several weeks until the entire house, floors, walls, curtains, bedding, furniture, all had been washed, had been vacuumed, had been aired out, had been wiped down. And, you know, I can still remember coming home from school on those days in the spring, Just that clean smell of the fresh curtains in the living room. The dust had been removed from each room and fresh air blowing through the rooms in our house. Once a year, we tackled this big project and we cleaned house. Well, in today's lesson, we're going to talk about the Lord's house the temple in Jerusalem. But first, let's pick up in John chapter 2, verse 12. Jesus and his disciples have attended the wedding in Cana of Galilee. And we read in John two twelve. after this, after the wedding in Cana, he went down to Capernaum. He and his mother, and his brothers, and his disciples, and they stayed there a few days. Well, when you think of a map of Israel, when you travel with us to Israel, that's our prayer, Yeah, is from Cana of Galilee, the height is,
1: what's that elevation about, Walt? Yeah, it's a little over a thousand feet above sea level, but down to uh, Capernaum, And down to the the area of the Sea of Galilee, it's 600 feet below sea level. It's the lowest freshwater lake in the world.
0: And so they would have traveled that distance, which to walk was a number of hours. It was it was basically a full day's walk. Oops. Oops. Uh, and you know, if you weren't able to walk as fast, you may need to stay overnight along the way. But we're told here in verse 12 that Jesus left Cana and went to Capernaum. This is where he has now set up his center of ministry. He's departed from Nazareth. He's now in Capernaum. His mother is with him. We're told in this verse, his brothers are traveling and his disciples. Very descriptive here, as we're told that they are going to stay in Capernaum for a few days. Well, it's interesting here also, because if you think about his mother, Mary, his mother, the virgin chosen, the the angel Gabriel came to her. You know, she knows certain truths about her son. There are things, remember in Luke 2, it says she treasured these in her heart. Well, she's following her son because she knows. There are truths she knows. But then we hear that his brothers are traveling. And so, you know, there is definitely a time during Jesus' public adult ministry that his brothers don't totally believe. They're questioning. They may be seeking, but there are doubts. They're like, this is our brother. Really? Like we know he was a goody two shoes growing up in Nazareth, but they're wondering what is really true about our brother. So I think it's so interesting here in John 2 verse 12 that specifically John includes and lets us know Jesus' brothers are traveling with him. Well, let's continue into verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So you remember at the end of 12, it says they stayed there a few days. So they went from Cana down to the Sea of Galilee, descended from that that height of elevation to below sea level, as Walt just shared with us. And now it is time to go up to Jerusalem. We always go up to Jerusalem. Wherever you are in Israel, you go up to Jerusalem. And I'm going to let Walt share that in a minute. But it is feast time. Verse 13 tells us the Passover of the Jews was near. Jesus walks from Capernaum, the Galilee region, Up to Jerusalem for the Passover time. And remember, as they went up to Jerusalem, there were three annual feasts throughout the year Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And for this particular feast, the Passover feast, people would typically stay in the city for seven to 10 days.
1: And as we continue in our passage, John 2, verses 13 to 16, says this, The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated on their tables. And he made a scourge of cords, and he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the coins of of money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, "Take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business." Um, this is the first Passover in Jesus's public ministry. We're going to have three Passovers during his ministry. So many scholars, and I would I would agree with this. They they think Jesus ministered approximately three and a half years, more than three but not four. There's three Passovers, and, and the Passover is a feast on the Jewish calendar. It's in early spring. It, it's just as or just before the harvest of grain. Uh, the weather um, at Passover is on the shoulder season. It's going from the 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 way, rainy and cooler winter weather to um, the spring weather that that is a little bit warmer and sunny, and then goes into summer and it, reigns very little, but it also coincides with Easter some years because Jesus celebrated his third and last Passover, the night he was betrayed, deserted, and denied. And the purpose for Jesus' appearance in Jerusalem at the temple is made clear, and actually it's prophesied in the book of Malachi. And in the book of Malachi, verses ch- chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, it says this, then the purifier, um, his sudden entrance of the Messiah into the temple to purify, he said, behold, I'm going to send my messenger and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he's coming. Thus says the Lord of hosts, but those who can endure the days of his coming and who can stand when he appears, for he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may be present to the Lord the offerings in righteousness. And I love what the Explorer's Bible commentary says about this section. It says, Jesus's actions here um, precipitated, um, caused wild confusion. Um, The animals would be bawling as they're running out and and running about aimlessly. They're not sure where to go. The money changers would be scrambling for the coins and the dust and debris on the floor of the court. And the officials argued with Jesus about what was right and what he had to do in this setting. Um, These business transactions were an insult to God and a desecration of the Father's house. And even as I say that, remember, um, many of the travelers that came at these feasts, they they came from a distance and they they would come with money, not with animals. But they had to buy animals to have sacrifice. But before they could do that, they had to change their Gentile pagan money into shekels, into Jewish coins that the that the rabbis would allow to to be in the temple. And when they did that, they charged money and they charged extra. And so they ended up doing um a lot of of um, just. Uh, Kind of stealing money in the transactions, um, uh, cheating people out of their gain, and and the people that came, they didn't they didn't have any option about what they could do. They they were stuck, and Jesus comes in and he hates this. He hates this, and he begins to say, "No, this has to change." Let me, Let me continue reading on the next few verses, verses seventeen to twenty two. Here his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, it took 46 years to build this temple. By the way, it's going to take even more. It's going to be another 30 years of of, of this renovation of the temple that was from the time of Haggai, but but it took this renovation by Herod the Great it, up to this point. It's taken forty six years, and will you raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of His body, so that when He was raised from the dead, His disciples then they could know um, that they believed. And He said this, and they believed the Scripture and the Word of the Lord. And so just even in this section, these verses, um, verses 17 and 22, tell us that his disciples remembered. Jesus is teaching his disciples. Yes, he's also teaching other people in the world. He's teaching uh, people that will listen. He's teaching great multitudes up in the Galilee. But he's focusing in on his disciples. He knows that in a short time, they're going to need to carry on the ministry. And he's discipling them. He's training them. He's helping them to to observe that his actions and what they meant. And as he clears out the house as he cleans out the house as brenda was saying um, and merchants of the temple he he was reminding them this my father's house is supposed to be a place of worship and prayer but you've made it into a den of thieves and then after jesus's death and burial resurrection the disciple they'll remember his words and the lessons he taught during these years of ministries this action stirred up the anger of the Jewish religious leaders. So right here at the start of his ministry, Jesus is angering the Jewish religious leaders, many of them called the Sanhedrin here in Jerusalem. But then he's going to go back and he's kind of going to tick up the local leaders, the Pharisees, and, the, and he'll um, go into the communities where they normally shepherd um, the Jewish people, where they have them at synagogues. And he'll go in and he'll challenge them for what they teach. And he's asked, what sign do you show for your authority for doing these things? And he says, destroy this temple in three days and I will raise it up. And the Jews, even in the midst of this, we we see that Jesus is speaking of the temple of his body so that when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered and and said that they believed the scriptures and the word which the Lord had spoken. And in chapter two, we see bookends. And I, I love this. Uh, last week we talked about the wedding feast and the miracle of water to wine. Um, the joy of a celebration, the joy that was arrested and stopped even as they were running out of wine and they could no longer continue the feast and that Jesus ministered there. And there would be a feast for days for those. And and um, Jesus t- has good things to offer those who believe. Jesus here at the wedding feast, he ministers lovingly to the common people. And by the way, Jesus still does that. Uh, he loves uh, sinners and tax collectors, widows and orphans. Jesus loves the least of these. Um, but at the same time, this second story, the cleansing of the temple, Jesus also has work to do. And those who do not believe in his name, um, th- they're going to suffer. He He's zealous for his father's house. He's come to do the will of his father. And Jesus confronts the, hy- the hypocritical, and the religious leaders, and he calls the people to holy and righteous living. Stop doing this to my father's house. He tells them, don't cheat or steal from others. He, even as he tips over these tables, and then he will not overlook the sin or the unrighteous living of those who think they are religious people, who in, in reality are hypocrites.
0: And Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men; for he himself knew what was in man. John two verses twenty four to twenty five. You know, as Jesus in chapter two, Walt just described those two bookends: the wedding feast, loving the common people, and then the cleansing of the t- of the temple, calling out the hypocritical religious leaders their unrighteous living they're stealing and cheating from the common people but as we finish in chapter 2 of john jesus knows that as the men and women in jerusalem are observing and seeing these signs being done that they are believing in jesus and we could equate these to a new believer that they see it, they they believe that this is this man is from God, um, and so they have what we might call today, as in the Christian faith, a newfound faith in Him. But Jesus knows, He knows that each of us need to grow in our personal walk with the Lord. He knew their hearts. They saw the signs, but they needed to learn more. They needed to grow in their understanding of who Jesus was as God's son, grow in their faith. And so in our head to heart this week, we want to think about there will always be people who will oppose the message and ministry of God. That's, that's what we see at the temple. Why? Because they're self-centered, because they want the money in their pocket. They don't care who they're hurting as long as they're making progress in their bank account, in their uh, life status, and their power, their teaching, who they have authority over. But Jesus wants his followers to grow in their faith. He wants you. He wants Walt and me. He wants us to grow in our understanding of who he is as God's only begotten son. You know, Jesus came to earth to do the will of his heavenly father. There is much that we can learn from Jesus. And that's why we're digging into the Gospel of John. And remember, Jesus is fully God and fully man. Man come to earth. He was sent by the Father to do a specific assignment and to complete it. And then Jesus knows the hearts and the thoughts of all men, of all people. There's nothing we can hide from him. He is omniscient. Well, in the coming days, Walt and I would like to encourage you to read the first three chapters in the Gospel of John. We've talked about over these past few weeks, the first two chapters in the Gospel of John. And the chapter that's next is chapter three. And there's an exciting story that we're going to share with you as we come together next week. Ask the Lord to teach you and help you grow in your faith and understanding of who Jesus is. Until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.